The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. This is Jonathan Ruthier, your guest host today. It's uh, the second day of November 2015. And I'm not sure where you're listening from, but here in New Hampshire, we are uh, experiencing some just beautiful color and uh, a whole lot of presidential candidates coming through our cities here, uh, getting ready for the, for the primary next year. Um, you know, it's our, our, our distinct pleasure today to have two guests that are really um, they made a, have made a, a strong career out of helping people um, using music, and um, you know, our, our, I don't think of a, I can't think of a really uh, better way to start off Gratitude Month than to really be talking about the different ways in recovery to to reach the heart and soul for somebody, and for them to experience that, discover that, and um, have that fuel them in their recovery. So, our two guests today are uh, Paul Pellinger and Richie Supa. And Paul is the Chief Strategy Officer for um, Recovery Unplugged. And his career has spanned over 20 years in addiction, addiction treatment. He's worked as a counselor, a manager, a court-appointed liaison, and a consultant. And in his work over the years, he's helped so- open some of the most successful treatment facilities in South Florida, along with providing career-changing opportunities to those who share the same passion of helping those in need. And as the Chief Strategy Officer, Paul brings his years of wisdom and insight directly to Recovery Unplugged staff and clients. And joining Paul today uh, in a little bit is Richie Supa, who uh, is a New York singer and and songwriter. Hey, Richie, welcome back. Uh, And Richie's career um, spans a couple of decades plus in uh, singing and songwriting. And uh, if you recognize the name, it's because he's he's certainly worked with a number of um, uh, very successful artists, artists who've cut his songs. Uh, They really read like a who's who of the music industry with over 50 million records sold. He's been a behind-the-scenes voice in the legendary rock band Aerosmith for years, including being a touring member. And Richie's greatest personal accomplishment, however, is his 27-year recovery. And over this time, Richie's helped thousands of uh, people with addiction uh, using his own personal insight and inspiring music. So, guys, uh, it's really a pleasure to have you both on the show, and I, and I welcome the two of you. Um, thanks again for being on today. Hey, well, it's our pleasure. Thanks. Honored to be here. And, uh, and so, Paul, I'll, I'll uh, start with you. Um, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about you know your track here. How did you get involved in uh, uh, in recovery unplugged and you know the music yeah. end of spirituality and recovery? Cool. Thank you very much. Again, it's a real privilege to um, hopefully share a message that will give your listeners hope, as well as uh, potentially new ideas. Um, look, I've I've uh, I've been in the treatment industry since 1989, and um, I started off as a counselor, 
Um, I then, through no fault of my own, became a court liaison for the Broward County Courts in which I was um, assisting in creating the mental health and drug courts because years ago, you know, we realized 85% of crimes committed are drug and alcohol related anyway. So why not Mm -hmm. create courtrooms that, you know, will funnel clients um, to allow them to get treatment in lieu of incarceration um, or other punitive consequences? Not saying that some... People don't need prison. That's not my point there. And so um, growing up probably, I don't know, 10, 15 miles away from the original Woodstock site in upstate New York, I was exposed to music at a very early age. And I instinctively knew how music somehow had the ability to change my mood, uh, keep me in the present, um, remember my first girlfriend or my grandfather who just passed away or or something. So there was something magical about it. I, I also knew from exploring a variety of religions that most religions use music as well. So I thought to myself, there's got to be a way um, to, to help people with this uh, magical gift. And so um, over the years, I've, as you've already alluded to, I, I help open and create um, a bunch of different treatment centers in those years, and they were all really based on what I would call talk therapy. I remember as a clinician 20 years ago thinking, really, I'm going to use talk therapy to help master manipulators? Like, how's that going to work? And in my humble opinion, it really doesn't. Um, Long-lasting change to me, and if you talk to most people in long-term recovery, will tell you happens in the soul, not the head. And so I thought of using music as a catalyst for treatment. And although I've opened up treatment centers in the past that have had music therapy, that's not what Recovery Unplugged does. Um, Recovery Unplugged uses music in every aspect of it. As as Richie would say, um, it's not an add-on. It's everything we do. So a couple of years ago, um, I opened up, uh, we we opened up Recovery Unplugged. And um, I remember kind of... uh, (laughs) being made fun of at times, um, thinking like people were like questioning, like, how are you going to use music? Like, well, I don't get it, you know? And um, I guess, when was this, about a year and a half ago, um, I guess Richie found out um, what we were doing, and him and I had a meeting, and wow, the rest is history, <laughs> although there's a lot more details. <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, so this is a great time to bring Richie in. And Richie, uh, you know, thank you for joining us as well. And, um, you know, I, I did, you know, in the intro talk a bit about your music career, a small amount about your music career, but, you're, you know, your you're, you're, you're work right now as the Director of Cre- Creative Recovery, you know, it sounds to me like it's really an integration of your, you know, your career and your own personal drive and, and the recovery experience that you've had over the last 27 years. Yes, I mean, um, basically, you know, Paul and I have been trying to create content, you know, for for our program here, and since music is the the core of uh, our treatment, you know, um, what better, you know, situation for me to be in is to, you know, would be to sit down and write songs about mm-hmm. about my journey, and so um, I started writing. Um, songs about addiction and I got um, years ago when I wrote Amazing with Steven Tyler it was such a huge um, you know uh, had such a huge impact not only on radio but in the recovery community um, when I started reading 
the fan mail that we got, you know, from from addicts uh, in recovery, thanking us for the writing of the song. Um, I realized that it really struck a nerve. And um, forward, fast forward a few, you know, a bunch of years. Um, you know, one of my career after forty years and winning, all, you know, all kinds of awards in the music business. Um, and I met Paul. I, I made that transition into um, channeling my uh, my craft into um, writing songs about you know recovery and addiction, um, yeah. the dark side of it, the the silly side of it, the stupid side of it that we things that we do and. Um, you know, I wanted to touch on, um, you know, every area of, of an addict's life through through music. And, um, you know, it's been working amazingly. And, you know, prior to coming to, to join with Paul, I was going around um, Broward County playing in um, detoxes. And uh, I saw clients start crying. And um, I saw something happening that was kind of very, um, very spiritual, very healing. And I knew that I was onto something. And um, you know, I continued to uh, to write songs. And then when we joined and opened up Recovery Unplugged, I kept on writing, and I, I amassed a body of work that I played to the you know with the clients. And you know, I'm in, actually in the studio now doing an album, a pure album about recovery, you know, based on all these songs that I had written. And, right. you know, it's it's medicine. It, it really is. It's, mu- it's musical medicine. Right. You know, and, I... Uh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, and, you know, um, you know, when I started seeing something very healing, you know, we applied all this music to, uh, to uh, our, our program at Recovery Unplugged, you know, and um, what happens is the activities that we we do here uh, they're essential to, um, to to addicts' recovery. We you know we trigger their you know their their emotions and it helps them see why they walked down the destructive path that they did, and because um, music is very very magical, you know, it can transport you back to another time. You know, make you feel that experience, that dirty, dark, dingy apartment, you know, and bring you back yeah. again with ever, never having to pick up a drug, you know. So that when you write a song about addic- addiction coming from this addict's heart, you know, um, it makes you feel the experience. That's why these kids, that's why the clients cry. They feel the experience of right. where they were. And it transports them back, and I, I bring them back again, with ever, ever, never having to pick up that drug, you know. And that's a very cleansing experience, you know. Like, and Paul will tell you, what, half the battle is opening up an addict. You know, when I was in recovery, when I was in rehab, rather, I sat there with my arms folded across my chest. <laughs> I was closed. I was pissed off that I was there. I didn't want to hear the psychobabble. Okay, I just yep. wanted to get out. But we we do it different. We do it differently here. We 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 create a program where they want to get engaged, and they want to participate. Music has never been threatening, you know. You included, 
growing up, have, you have your own favorite songs. Yeah. Everybody on this planet has a favorite song. What's your favorite song? Boom, 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 boom. You ask anybody, they'll, they'll, they'll almost name something. Because right. it, it struck a nerve, you know? So music gets into the soul. I mean, it gets into the heart. And, uh, you know, the disease, that's where it starts. It's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual disease. It's not in the head. It's in the, it's in the heart. And music talks to the heart, you know, and so, and it's non-threatening. Key word, non-threatening. So they listen. Right. And once you get an addict to listen and, and you open them up, the healing starts. Right. You know what I mean? Most clients yeah. go to rehabs with psychobabble and they're, re they're resistant. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that stuff. So and our approach is, is, you know, much more about talking to the heart. As opposed to talking to the head. And, um, that, you know, that's why I was taught years ago that it, it's a spiritual disease. And through the music, I now see that. You know, so that's, that's the core of what we do here. Right. Well, I mean, as a... Well, as a go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Paul. Sorry. I was going to say, you know, as a clinician, I remember being trained in school... And I think part of, you know, listen, everyone is, is aware if, if they're listening to this show that there's an epidemic going on out there. I'll speak from my own professional experience. There have been more overdoses and deaths in the past eight years than the previous 18 combined. And obviously, there's a slew of reasons for that that I don't want to get into necessarily right now. However, I think we could be doing a better job treating the clients. And part of the issue is that we're being, we're treating clients like we're being trained to in a lot of the schools. And I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I've already alluded to, um, you know, like I was taught a way to establish rapport is through the psychosocial assessment, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Or, right. or right. you know, let me warn you about the consequences if you don't follow my suggestions. Or let's focus on what are your relapse triggers. In other words, it's right. a defensive posturing that if yeah. you know anything about addiction, and most of your listeners, if not all, do, fear for an addict is not a deterrent. It could be a motivator. So why would right. you focus on, playing, on, on doing that? That's the issue with how most yep. treatment centers operate. They want to get into etiologies and causal factors. And when I was four, this happened. And listen, I'm not trying to minimize that. A lot of that is relevant. A lot of that is important. It's very yeah. important to raise one's awareness. But that's really half of it. The other right. half is well, how are you going to get through this? And how are you going to get through there? And, and you know, I think, you know, um, when we come back from the break, that's really where we should start, right? It's like, how do you touch people? Because, as you said, you know, most people are trained in these talk therapies. But, you know, for somebody who, um, you know, who's really, who's really suffering in a spiritual sense, talk therapy isn't always, you know, isn't going to get them there. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how music really gets to the heart and soul of things. And, uh, and uh, we'll be back with our guests, Richie Supa and Paul Pallinger. This is Jonathan Ruthia. You're listening to One Hour at a Time. We'll see you in a couple minutes. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Much of the time, the illnesses that people feel are simply symptoms, and they mask the root cause of what the real health problem is. You can take back control of your own health, starting with Billionaire Healthcare. This program is hosted by Ashley Black and Dari Samia. Our program will introduce you to fascia, which is the knowledge of the living matrix. This bit of knowledge can bring you the health secrets that only the rich and famous have known until now. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to One Hour at a Time. This is your guest host, Jonathan Ruthier. And I'm here today with our two guests, Paul Pellinger, who's Chief Strategy Officer, and Richie Supa, who's Director of Creative Recovery, both with Recovery Unplugged. Now, uh, before the break, we were talking about um, how, you know, a, a lot of traditional treatment programs have sort of based their models and based their care on talk therapies, groups, um, individual therapy, and and not necessarily really incorporated the other elements of Humanity, which is you know there are other forms of expression like art, music, um, even fitness and, and you know physical activity until more you know more recent years and um, you guys are really taking a, a full on approach with um, with you know expression and and music in particular in your program so um, you know how does that how does that play out for people who come to see you and you know, um, you know what what sort of is the difference that they might expect uh, in your program? Well, let's, let's talk about the fundamentals that all humans, let alone addicts, possess. Sometimes people have difficulty expressing what they're thinking or what they're feeling. I guarantee you somebody's written a song about it. As a matter of fact, the guy on the other end of the line now, Richard Supa calling in, has probably written 3,000 songs about it. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that the issue that we face with a lot of clients is, first of all, no one wakes up one day and says, I think I'll go to treatment today, or I think I'll get clean today. They usually do it to stop or avoid consequences. So then that presents a problem to the provider, to the clinician, to the, to the counselor, in that how am I going to engage these clients on telling them what's going on with them when they don't even want to be here, or they're still in denial, or they're blaming others? Music is used as a catalyst to engage the client. 
it starts actually before the client even gets to recovery unplugged. And what yeah. I mean by that is when I say we use music on, in everything we do, that's what I mean from the pre-assessment to the discharge plan. And, and maybe a little bit later on, I'll, I'll elaborate on that. But the, the reality is, is that it's all about trying to um, you know, establish rapport with them and, and, and break down their defenses and um, you know, um, be a catalyst for them to share or talk about kind of how they really feel or what they really think. And then we have a shot at changing some of their habits. Ergo, the word rehabilitation. <laughs> so the, the reality, that's our job. It's to rehabit them. And as, as we know, drugs and alcohol on some level are a symptom of the problem. So if that statement is true, which I believe it is, then what, what, what are the problems? The problems are distorted perceptions, low self-esteem, negative behaviors, poor self-image. I could go on and on about what the issues are. The only way to address that is if you have an open-minded person on the other end who's willing to engage in some of this very hard work. So the yeah. secret of Recovery Unplugged is we're doing what all the other evidence-based models have proven to do. The difference is we use music as the catalyst to get them there versus depending on a clinician to ask a good right. open-ended question. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, uh, I forget which one of you said it during the break, but, you know, you can always, you can, you can say to anybody, in, you know, on the planet, basically, what, you know, what do you like to listen to? Right. What's your favorite music? Mm-hmm. That's such a non-threatening approach to, you know, to get to know somebody and to find out something that they like or something that you can talk about, right? And it, or something that they can use to express themselves. So, you know, is that similar to how you kind of approach things? Well, as a songwriter, you know, um, I know what the elements of of a, of a, of a catchy song is about. Why why a song is a hit song? To, you know, yeah. the industry calls it a hit. Why why you leave the room, you know, humming it or you're singing it in the car because it's it's a melodic statement uh, coupled with a with a lyric. And so, I, what I've taken, what I've done is, as a writer, if I've I've taken my craft, my experience as a craftsman in, in writing songs, and I write very catchy songs with with a very deep, steep um, lyrical content about. Addiction, and um, like I said, some songs are funny. I intend to make them laugh. Some songs yeah. are very dark. I, I I intend to bring them back to that that dark those dark days. And so, um, so you know, and what happens is the music encourages the group to release their thoughts and their feelings rather than suppress them. So I do a thing what they what I call what we call framing. I'll 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 set up a song and I'll I'll tell them a story about my dirty apartment and when I didn't shower and and um um the lights were turned off because I couldn't go out and buy stamps and pay my bills. I had money but I was too too high to walk, walk out of my place, you know what I'm saying? So I would yeah. set the stage and then play the song and the song um becomes a um uh, you know, an emotional expression music musical expression it's like sharing at a meeting at an AA or an NA meeting so I sing share 
Hmm. And I, t- yeah. I tell the truth. The lyrics tell the truth. When you couple it with a catchy melody, they, it sticks with them. And I come in to do groups, and they're screaming, play, you know, make a change, play Enemy. Um, these are songs that never, ever on the radio, these are songs that they heard <laughs> once or twice that they can relate to. Right. And what it, what it does is it opens up the dialogue in the group. You know, like I said, it, it releases their thoughts and their feelings rather than, than suppressing them, you know, right. and they, and they get engaged and it's like, and the meeting begins, the musical meeting begins and it's a journey. It's, yeah. it's amazing to see, you yeah. know, it's, it's amazing. Well, you know, from the, from the, uh, from the science side of things too, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of information now about, you know, kind of how music helps the brain or what music does in the brain. Mm. I don't know if that's anything oh. you help incorporate with folks. I'm, yeah, I'm actually glad you brain. just brought that up because, um, you know, listen, growing up, I, I, well, let's just say I was a big fan of the Beatles, right? And so yeah. I just thought that John and Paul were musical geniuses, divinely inspired. And by the way, I still believe that. But now you're yep. exactly right. There is science behind that that will show that how the brain lights up from different mm-hmm. chord changes or different lyrics, mm-hmm. yep. or different uh, sounds and instruments, similar to how the brain lights up after a hit of cocaine or, or another certain drug. And, and right. so what we're trying to do at Recovery Unplugged, which is, by the way, why I'm in the midst of creating my own evidence-based model as we speak, because of the, uh, the success rates we've had, which are absolutely off the charts um, compared to the facilities that... I know about or have been affiliated in the past 26 years since I've been doing this, that uh-huh. we're really on to something magical. And you, you know what's interesting? As I'm listening to Richie describe um, who we are and kind of what we do and his whole take on it, the best thing about this is it's almost trying to put human words to a spiritual experience. And I'm sure that you and most of the listeners intellectually understand maybe what we're talking about or even can relate to it on some level. But, but we hear this time and time again, right, Richie? Like until you yeah. see it for yourself, and you, which is why every Friday we invite outside guests to come in and, and see it for themselves. They actually sit in on, on the group so they can see kind of, you know, what we're on to here. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's something so much- you, have to, you, have to, you have to witness it. It's um, the energy, the... Uh, the kinetic energy that, that, that happens in the room, you know, I'm there sitting, playing, and putting out these, these songs, and I'm getting energy back from them. They, they sing along with the choruses. They make up answers to choruses. Um, it, 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 they just, they want it, and I didn't ask them to do that. It just became, they wanted to be involved, so they got themselves involved. And once you get the right. an addict involved in recovery, in the process, yeah, boy, that's an amazing that's an amazing feat because you know how resistant yeah. addicts are. Well, I I know how hopeless people feel when they first come to treatment too, and angry, mm-hmm. and you know yeah. how they they feel like nobody wants them. You know, there's an right. isolation, there's being ostracized, there's stigma, there's all of that, and 
you know, you say to somebody, hey, you have, you have value here, you know. I want you to contribute. You're not, you're not here as a passive recipient of some gift that someone else has been given. The more you participate, the healthier you feel. Well, let's, can, yeah. may I use an example of yeah. how we engage that process before the client even gets to Recovery Unplugged? Sure. Yep. Okay. So you just brought up, like, I think a very important word, and that's hope. And so obviously clients come in very, um, you know, angry and guilt-ridden and shame-based and, and, you know, emotionally bankrupt and spiritually bankrupt. So during our pre-assessment process, We'll, we'll get their clinical, medical, legal, financial information like every other treatment facility has to or does. Yeah. But in addition to that, I'll find out maybe what your favorite genre of music is. And then I'll maybe even narrow it down to a song that maybe reminds you of the room you grew up in or your grandfather who might have passed away or your wedding song, something symbolic. I've yet to meet anybody who says, I hate music. I haven't heard that one yet, or I've never heard anybody say, I'm a cannibal. Those are the only two things I haven't heard since I've been doing this, right? And so so when, when I find out what that song is, I will relay it to my driver. So when you are picked up from the airport, the hospital, the detox, your house, wherever you're picked up from, I have, when you get into the vehicle on the way to the facility, I have that song playing in the van. And if the client isn't half out of it, nine times out of 10, the client will go, oh my God, the long and winding road, this is my favorite song. You like the Beatles? And my driver will typically say, yeah, but I heard you did. So right away... Rapport is yeah. established right away. Yeah. They feel heard versus being yelled at. So when they get yeah. to the facility, they, a rapport is established, and we don't deal with the two-week adjustment period like most places right. do to the new environment. Right. It's like, let's get in. Let's, you know, let's start where, where you are. And, uh, and oh, by right. the way, we heard you. you know? Right. Um, so that's right. awesome. So you know, we're going we're gonna to go back into another commercial break here in a second. And uh, you know, when we come back from the break, we'll talk more about the inspiration of music, um, you know, how it's used in the treatment and, um, you know, just uh, other, uh, you know, other information that you guys want to share with our audience today about recovery inspired by music. Again, it's Jonathan Ruth here. You're listening to One Hour at a Time. We'll be back in just a minute. listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo. 
to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Hey, welcome back to One Hour at a Time, everybody. This is your guest host, Jonathan Ruthier. And I'm here today with Richie Supa, who's our, uh, he's the Director of Creative Recovery for Recovery Unplugged, and Paul Pellinger, who's the Chief Strategy Officer for Recovery Unplugged. We're talking today about recovery that's inspired by music and the way that uh, music can really reach people in, in ways that traditional talk therapies can't. So just, you know, before the break, we were talking a little bit more about that engagement process and how music is something that's really, it's universal, it's common to everybody. And, uh, you know, during the break time, which you and I were just, you know, sharing about how uh, how really transformative music can be for somebody who, who, you know, who otherwise just may feel really completely shut in and locked in. Um, and, you mm-hmm. know, I want to just wonder if you want to share you know, with the audience a little bit more about your experience and, um, you know, working with folks directly and, and, and what you see when you, when you, you know, realize that music is touching somebody. Well, you know, music, music is an emotional language. You know, they say it's the voice of the angels. Okay. You know, um, and when a song resonates with, 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 with a person, um, they feel, they get, they feel a certain kinship to that song a certain ownership they so they take it in and I, like 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 a family member like that that's their favorite song yeah and and that's that's a spiritual thing and so you know if when you apply that same process in a recovery setting with a with a song that's written about addiction uh, that's yeah. so powerful and they open up and take it in um there's nothing there's nothing greater than more powerful than that, and like I like like I was explaining to you on break, yeah. when clients come in day one, they sit in their chair totally disengaged because they a they're pissed off, <laughs> they yeah. they don't they don't want to be here, they don't know what to expect, fear the unknown, and then when they start when I start the class and they and I start playing certain songs. I see them start to nod their head and tap their foot, and I start, I look around the room and I, start, I I pick out the ones that I see, the ones that are mostly detached, and I focus on them. Another case in point is we do drum therapy, and we take out yeah. these these lap drums, and they're a lot of them fear. Well, I don't know anything about music. You don't have to. I explained to them, you heard music when you were born in your mommy's belly, her heartbeat. That's rhythm. So everybody is, you know, has been exposed to music. And I, I'll pick out a client that's the most resistant, you know, or closed off. 
and I'll put a little egg shaker in their hand, and I'll go, now listen, hold the egg shaker, because they say, I don't want to participate, I don't want to do this. Well, just hold the shaker, and don't move it. <laughs> don't move it now. I'm going to be watching, because if you move it, it's going to make a sound. Right. That's music. Right. Don't move it. And then I'll start the drum therapy session, and all the clients will get engaged, and they'll start banging out rhythms and stuff like that, and um, all of a sudden, you'll see the one that's least, the most resistant shake yeah. that, move his, move his wrist a little bit, and I'll go, I'll point and go, don't move it. Nope, don't do that. That's, that's yep. music. And that person, two or three sessions later, is standing yep. up with a tambourine, jumping around the room. They, they always become what I call the spark plugs. Yeah. Because they, they're free. They, they've, 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 they've crossed that line from, from that isolation thing that they've been in to like being free to express themselves. Which and from a therapeutic all... standpoint, I'm sorry to interrupt, Richie, yeah. Yeah. but coming from yeah. a clinical side of things, from a therapeutic standpoint, a lot, that's so valuable. That's so gold. If a client can leave out of our treatment center, not on any drugs and totally clean, without being inhibited, because they've practiced how not to be inhibited in front of a bunch of strangers by simply banging a tangerine or tambourine or something, then the reality mm-hmm. is, is we're on to something in terms of the therapeutic process. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And I think what you're saying, too, is you, know, you, you realize, hey, there's something inside of you that's worth expressing and sharing. Yeah, and exactly. you don't have to feel ashamed about that. Right? Exactly. And, you know, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect at it either. Exactly. That, that's funny you're saying that because that's, listen, I'm, I'm going to be straight with you. I have no musical talent at all. I, I'm not a singer. I, I don't know really uh, other than I can, you know, um, you know, spew out a few lyrics from different genres of music. And, and I have, um, as Richie would call it, an inner musical vibration. But I, I say that to say that you do not have to be a musician to uh, be a good candidate for Recovery Unplugged. Uh, music is, is, is more of a universal language that can, can uh, engage and, and, and assist anybody. Exactly. And I remind them, you know, uh, th- this is about, you know, per- perfection. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is about opening up and having a good time and just making noise. Noise is music. Right. right. You know, so I take, you know, I just, I, I kind of uh, set, set, set the rules. You know, I just want you to bang and make noise. And, um, and, and, and it works. It works. They, all their, they, they open up, all their inhibitions go away, and um, it's, just, it's an amazing process. And I, I'm in the trenches. I, I, get to, I, I have a ringside seat. I get to see them come in closed like a, like a rose, all closed up, and then slowly the petals start to open. And, and again, I, Richie's just, saying something more wise than he knows in that what really makes a good treatment center is not mm-hmm. really necessarily how good or bad the staff is. That might be half of it. The other half is how the milieu is. So what Richie and other staff members do at the facility is they reinforce the positivity of the milieu by getting the clients to be not only a part of the creative process, 
but engaging right. them to take responsibility for their own recovery. Does that right. am, I, am I making sense there? Yeah, totally. And, and I think you know what you're talking about a process where people <clears throat> start to become a community. You know that that correct. supports itself. You know That's because correct. there's a shared there's a shared purpose. You know, I want to ask you this because this is um, you know I've heard at different points in time from different people about music and, and recovery, and I've heard more than one person say, and I'm sure you guys have heard this too. You know, uh, in early recovery, music is a mood-altering experience. You know, and it's something I have to be really careful about. What do you What do you guys think when you hear that? Well, well I okay. I mean, I could I could comment on that, and then Richie, feel free. I would love to hear your opinion about that too. But but the reality is this: is is that what I didn't realize what was going to happen here <laughs> is that music. Is, is a great anchor. See, one of the problems with treatment is you eventually have to leave. We've, we've yeah. figured out a way how you could take it with you. If you think about how, I'll speak for myself, how I learned the ABCs. It reminds me of a, a comedian up in your neck of the woods from the, the Massachusetts area who used to say, yeah. why is the alphabet in that order? Is it because right. of that song? <laughs> so yeah. it, it's the same thing is what I'm trying to say. So in other words, yeah. music if channeled in the right way, can be used as a motivator, mind-altering way. As long as, and I guess if it's not channeled in the right way, it could certainly have you know, negative or detrimental effects, which is why Richie's music is so um, spot on for the addict. Right. Yeah, it's a great response, and I know, you know I've always really... I really questioned that, you know, but I mean, I can see where people would say, hey, you know, um, certain music is going to get me in a certain way or, you know, there are certain songs or certain artists that may be triggering for people, right? Because they're associating those with use and and partying and, you know, whatever else that that went with it for them. And so so there's choices that have to be made in terms of how you're, how you're impacting your brain and how you're, you know, how you're using that. And I discuss that with them too. I just I, I do discuss that, that that there are certain songs that maybe you shouldn't be listening to in early recovery. Yeah. The songs that you used yeah. to get high with. I, 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 we have open discussions about that. So that right. that's a very very valid point. Right. The, the reality you know, is this. What? The reality is is that we, we we preach the mantra of look. If you walk in here the same way you walk out, there's a good chance you're going to get the same results. So. Instead of telling them, you know what? It's important that you make a change. Richie wrote mm-hmm. a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and then, and then that becomes their mantra. So, like, one of, one of the, and, and I'm sorry, Richie is probably much better at this than me, but every song Richie has written has come from the clients. He'll readily admit that. In other words, like, mm-hmm. one of the most famous saying an addict has, especially in addiction, is, I got this. Right. So, of course, Richie wrote, writes this song, and it becomes like one of the anthems of the facility. So when they're on the streets or at meetings or home, and they hear somebody say, I got this, it triggers them. It's used as an anchor or a learning mechanism to change their way of thinking. Right. And, you know, when, when they leave here, we don't send them home with a certificate. <laughs> we send them home with an MP3 player and a set of earbuds 
and all the songs that they related to during their treatment. Because, you know, when I was explaining to you before about how they chant and they sing along with the choruses, yeah. what, you, what music does is it creates a sense of unity. And uh, these clients feel like family. They, they really are sad when, they, when one of the members leave and graduate. So there's a strong sense of unity here that's created by, you know, via the music. And, um, and when they leave, they leave with that body of music. I even encourage them to write lyrics. I'll say, all right, I want you to write a verse to the song, I Got This. Okay? Your own verses. Mm-hmm. So tomorrow they're going to come in. So two, two clients said, I, we accept the challenge. And, and it's already it's already happened once or twice before, and and they 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 get up, and I'll, I'll sometimes I'll make them sing it, and um you know there's no rules, whatever right. works works. But the fact That's of the matter awesome. is there's a strong sense of unity here with with, with the music. Music is very unifying. Paul, you know right. you can you can you 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 can attest to that. Well, um. The populations that we're dealing with, Jonathan, are probably the mostly in their, you know, even though we have clients here in their teens, we have clients here in their 60s, I would say the average yeah. is probably high 20s. And so it's a yeah. very difficult population. In most facilities I've been affiliated with or know about, the clients yeah. that leave against medical advice and that population with this specific opiates, drugs of choice, or Flocka yeah. or any of the other new designer drugs, is probably 30 to 40% leave against medical advice. At our yep. facility, it's less than 7%. We actually have to tell them, okay, it's time, it's time to go now. Right. <laughs> right. Because it's so it engaging. It sounds like you guys are, you know, you, you find a way to, to really help people connect to each other. Um, when yep. we come back from the, from the next commercial break, we'll talk more about, about that, about the sort of the bond that gets created, uh, you know, through music and through, um, you know, sort of having that shared experience in recovery. And uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes after the break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Running is one of the fastest growing sports with everyday people stepping it up and training for that next big race goal. The In-Flight Running Show with Coach Michael Merlino is your guide to running, whether you're just getting started or training for the Boston Marathon. By paying attention to and following the tips offered by Michael and his guests, you'll be able to take your running to new heights and reach your next finish line with confidence. 
Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. And thank you, uh, and welcome back once again to One Hour at a Time. This is your guest host, Jonathan Ruth here, and our guests today are Paul Pellinger and Richie Supa, both who are working to help inspire recovery through music. And, uh, and one of the ways that, um, that you guys have done that is to create a foundation called Face... I'm sorry, I've got it here on my sheet, uh, Face Addiction. So, um, face face Paul, the music. Uh, face the music, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. But tell us a little bit about how that got started, Paul and 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 Richie. Yeah. And, uh, well, again, you know, one of the you know you have to understand. I've I've been doing this for 26 years, and one of the biggest pet peeves I've had since I've been doing this is really I can't help you unless you have money or insurance. I gotta I gotta put you on a waiting list for a state funded program where you could potentially die until you get in there, or I gotta ask for a favor or scholarships. And listen, I'll I'll continue to. You know, go to Washington D.C. and Tallahassee, and 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 talk to the people who make those decisions about putting more money into treatment in lieu of incarceration. But while that's going to happen, I figured, why don't we start our own 501c3 called Face the Music Foundation, which is the name Richie came up with, and um, we'll put on concerts and shows all over the country in hopes of um, soliciting corporate sponsorship donations and small cover charges. So when a client calls us and says, uh, I need help, I can help them anyway, it, through a network of providers, not just Recovery Unplugged. So what's, you know, what's that experience been like for you guys? I mean, you know, um, one, I would imagine it's just really gratifying to be able to, to know that um, you know, you're able to generate resources to help people because, as we all know, I mean, anywhere in this country you go, there are not enough services available to help those in need. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, to be honest with you, when you ask a question like, what's that experience, I could barely wrap my head around this whole situation. You, you have yeah. to get it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if you realize who you're, who you're talking with right now, but this gentleman is a legendary singer, songwriter, musician who's clean for a long time and humble and, and doesn't really name drop. But, but the reality is, is for, for us to even be connected on, on any level is, is just, yeah. and I'm a big dreamer, so I could barely wrap my head that we're, we're helping a lot of people, we're, we're making a difference, um, we're creating a movement here, not just a treatment center in sunny South Florida. So, right. you know, it, it's, really, it's really a magical experience. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a, it's been a blessing for me. Um, you know, uh, I've learned so much coming in here. Uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I knew music was powerful, but you know, there's a whole therapeutic side to what I have to do now. And you know, you know, I, I would always say to Paul, you know, 
you know, I'm just a songwriter. I'm like, what, what am I, you know, I, I, I'm going to do the best that I can I can do. You know what I mean? Right, Paul? <laughs> yeah. And and I remember when he, he said that, I laughed because I already knew how music was so powerful that I remember instinctively thinking like he was going to be better or as good as the best clinician that I've ever had. And, and it's true. It's true. It's just absolutely magical how he'll get not only the clients to engage, but they use it to take it with them when they leave. And, and, and it just is just this positive energy that's spreading all over the country. We're getting clients from all over the country now. It's really powerful. You know, I think, um, you know, first of all, uh, you know, it it does amaze me how, um, you know, just the sort of the spirit that comes across in this, right? And, um, you know, and Richie, your, your, um, your experience in the music industry, your success, your, um, connectedness, your, you know, um, you know, everything that you've achieved in your music career, which is like phenomenal. I mean, it's, you know, you're in, in that top, you know, 0.1%, right? And, mm-hmm. and yet you, know, you just, you, to me, you just feel like you just have this humility about being able to give something back and being able to share something and open people's hearts. And that's, you know, I think, isn't that what we're all here for? You know, it's, yeah. I mean, it's really just I mean, trying I was, to reach each other. I was taught, I was taught that you can't keep what you have unless you give it away. Yeah. So, um, it's, it, you know, it, I have a gift of songwriting, and so, you know, I am, I'm alive today because of the program and the 12 steps right. and, and recovery. Right. And so um, I'm really grateful. Like, I was telling Paul one day, I said, you know, I've been climbing the ladder in the music industry for 40 years. I'm, I'm out of rungs to climb. You know what I mean? Right. I, I was looking for something to do and, uh, and still be creative, and I still come to work with a guitar on my, on my back. And um, and so th- this is this is this is a uh, heaven for me, you know, because uh, there's no greater gift, better than a Grammy, than a Prism Award, than when a a parent comes and hugs me and sobs and says and says thank you for giving me my son back. Yeah, there's no greater reward. There's no greater moment for me. So um, I'm blessed to be. In that, be put in that position, you know, to be able to do that. So, right, right. you know. Well, I, I think I speak on behalf of all of the folks who are out there listening today. We're really, we're blessed that you guys were able to join us today, and that you're out there. You know, uh, the two of you are out there, really trying to make a difference and reach people in a way that, um, you know, that they haven't been reached before, and to be able to touch hearts in a way that really open people up to the magic of recovery. Um, you know, I, I, I hate to say that we're at the end of the show because I really enjoyed having you both here. Um, and, uh, you know, I thank the listeners for being here today. Um, we look forward to having the listeners back next week, Monday, same time, 3 o'clock Eastern time, 12 o'clock Pacific time. Richie and Paul, again, thank you so much for being our, our guests today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very it's much. pleasure, for sure. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.